Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from The Infernal Devices by Cassandra Clare, The League series by Sherilyn Kenny, Outlander by Diana Gabaldon, The Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn, The Raven Cycle and Call Down the Hawk by Maggie Steffavater, and Heroes on My Weakness by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Hello! How's it going? It's going so well. How are you? (laughs) I saw you got your... (laughs) Crown of Gilded Bones book early, which I'm very jealous because mine doesn't arrive until tomorrow. It was great. I have a lot of other things I should be finishing, but I did start it immediately. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like it won't get here until Thursday. But I was like, but I still, I want it to arrive. (laughs) I want this book to be here. Yeah. It's fun to be like one of the people when it first comes out, like it's fun to be part of that and you get to scream about it. But I think the whole week people are screaming because there's a ton of people that ordered Amazon and it's coming a couple of days late. So you can scream with them tomorrow. (laughs) I'm excited because I've put myself on a um, self-inflicted book buying ban because I have zero willpower when it comes to bookstores because that's just who I am as a person. And so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm trying to do uh, where I only buy the book after I've read it and liked it, but there's like four books I told myself I was going to pre-order this year. It was that one, Akasif, Namesake, and one other one. I can't remember what the other one is, but I told myself I would only pre-order like a handful of books that were coming out this year that I was like guaranteed to buy. The rest of them I would buy after I read them at the library. They've been pretty good, mostly. Full price. I guess I should say I'm only buying them full price if I've read them first. I mean, I think both of us are pretty good. We're, we both kind of mostly buy secondhand. Yeah, I'm so cheap. <laughs> So what are we talking about today? We are talking about book boyfriends. This is Kirsten's favorite subject. She's so ready for this episode. So ready. <laughs> I picked some of books that I read a long t- a while ago, but like will forever be my OG book boyfriend. So I'm actually also very excited for this one. Most of these books I read a while ago and I was like, some of these things I have to look up some of the like summary of the story and be like, oh yeah, okay, that happened. But I mean, these are all pretty OG book boyfriends. I also had a very hard time because I love Julia Quinn and Sherilyn Kenyon, and they're both romance novelists. I was like having a really hard time picking them because, you know, I got to have different authors. I can't have, they can't all be from the same author. Yeah, I went back through my Goodreads list and I was like, okay, let me look because if I just look at my shelf, I feel like it's not all the books I've read. It's just the ones that I've like bought recently. I picked some older ones in in a series that I like just finished, but I'm excited. Should we dive in? Let's do this. Start us off, Tatiana. Okay. So we'll kind of do why we like their character, a couple of quotes from them, and what makes them the perfect book boyfriend. So my first one I chose is from my favorite series, which is the Infernal Devices. So I picked Will Will Herondale. He's also in The Last Hours, which is about his kids, but I haven't read that one yet. I'm just going to talk from my experience of reading The Infernal Devices. (laughs) But Will is like the epitome of a steamy shadow hunter. He is so incredibly like loyal to the people that he actually loves. And he's funny and sarcastic and loves to read on top of also being, you know, very fearless and just being like an all around great leader and guy and realizes his mistakes, but is also willing to admit his faults. So I absolutely love him. Um, He has some of the best quotes. So his quote 
that is like iconic is life is a book and there are a thousand pages I have not read yet. I would read them together with you as many times as I can before I die. And that's to Tessa who he like falls in love with. But I love him because he falls in love with Tessa early on in the book and his best friend, Jem falls in love with her too. And he doesn't ever tell anyone else that he's in love with her, just Tessa. And so Jem, his best friend falls in love with her and he kind of finds out that, that Jem loved her and lets her go ahead and like marry him. And he's like, don't tell anybody that I loved you, you know, go ahead and marry him because I know he's like a great guy. And there's a quote that says, Will has always been a brighter burning star, the one to catch attention, but Jem is a steady flame, unwavering and honest. He could make you happy. And I was just like, what? That is so true. And like, Jem is so perfect. That is the only love triangle I will ever like. And I just, you'll ever allow. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one I'm like ever going to be okay with is his, but he has just this funny, like quirky lines. And then he's like, beauty fades, but cooking is eternal. And just says like silly things like that all the time. So I think his personality is really good. He would make a great boyfriend because he's like fiercely loyal. He loves all his friends and he's willing to like die for everyone. And is very like self-sacrificing, which is like the perfect boyfriend, I think. And also he, he describes him as very cute. So we love that. And he kind of has a really good, not like redemption arc because he doesn't do anything bad, but he has a really good arc in his character where he starts off sort of jaded and has, you know, like a troubled past where he thinks he's cursed and kind of opens up to Jem and then opens up to Tessa and then sort of opens up to everyone around him and becomes like a much better person. So I love Will. Huge fan. <laughs> what about you? Who's your first book boyfriend? Oh, goodness. So my number one book boyfriend is got to be Sin or Sheridan Digger Wade. But he goes by Sin. So he is a doctor. Well, as I wrote on here, he is um, an alcoholic tech genius doctor assassin. He's got all these things going for him. You know, morally gray, very tragic backstory past thing. His dad was like a psychopath um, and like a murderer and a terrible person. Um, and so because of that legacy, everyone taught or like treated him really badly. Um, he ended up like kind of remaking himself, made, remade himself. He's like a doctor and a tech genius. And then he got married and had a son, had a whole family that his wife discovered who he was and then um, destroyed his life. Basically, she turned him into the lead and the whole thing. So he's very jaded. So he appears within the week series pretty much throughout the series. Born of Fire is him and Shay's book, but um, he's also in Born of Night, which is the first book in the series. So some of these quotes are from Born of Night. Just I just thought they were funny, just how he talks with, with Kiara, who is the main love interest, one of the main love interests in Born of Night. And he says, you want to live, right? And she says, absolutely. Then we're where you are. Bathroom breaks being the only exception, unless you're in the public, and then we get to risk additional arrest records. He's just very... I wouldn't say crass. He's kind of, he's just very to the point. <laughs> he's just kind of a mess, mostly because of his past. And like one part, she asked him, Sin, like Sinric? And he's like, no, S-I-N, as in covered and born in and lived in. He's very funny. Um, his main tagline is no good deed goes unpunished. He tried to make up for like what? How very well, wicked of him. exactly he tried to make up what his dad did by like saving people and things like that and nobody ever saw that they just saw who his father was so that's kind of why he's very jaded it's just kind of a jerk at some points in time when he's with Shay or Shahara who is his love interest he's just so great their banter is just 
wonderful because she's a bounty hunter and she's trying to bring him in and so it's this like back and forth and he ends up subduing her but he like doesn't want to hurt her because he's like I'm not a jerk but I also like don't know what to do there's an assassin tied to my dresser I don't know what to do with her just funny dynamic and she there's one coach she goes you have some severe mental problems I need to be aware of don't you and he's just just because I eat babies for breakfast and pick my teeth with their bones doesn't mean I'm nuts and she goes any other weird habits I should be aware of just my need to dance naked in the streets under the light of the full moon like he's just that's so funny I was like I said I was just laughing the whole time I was looking up his quotes and I was just enjoying it and just remembering how funny he was and how quirky he was and him and Shay's like story is so cute and just so they're so great and he's just he's wonderful because he is like the perfect book boyfriend I mean he's got you know the morally great past which love that but he's he definitely supports Shay and trusts her and knows that she can take care of herself and he's not gonna get in her way he appreciates that and respects that but he's also there for her when she needs him and not in a pushy way he's very supportive he's that perfect partner to Shay which is just so like wonderful and He's got this line of thank you for looking past the nothing that I am and seeing someone who could possibly be loved because he never really felt true love before. And so it was such a, just like a fun, beautiful story with them. And so loves him. I just, oh, I love him so much. <laughs> He's so great. I love him. Kristen's favorite book boyfriends are morally gray yeah. with a tragic backstory. it's so funny I picked like when I was doing my list I was like I'm gonna pick like Will who's like a good guy and then my other two who are both like very good guys and Kirsten sent me hers and I was like this feels right (laughs) this is very right I am all about the like morally gray yeah tragic backstory I am all for that I mean I don't know what that says about me as a person I don't really want to dive too deep into that in real life red flag in a book really good yep red flag red flag (laughs) (laughs) that's so great I like that that's hilarious so sin is I only pick the good guys so I don't know what that says about me I'm holding out for a hero. <laughs> our taste. Okay, one of them is, he's a hero. Like, he's That's a good fair. guy. He does have a tragic, well, two of them are good guys. They just have tragic backstories. So, I mean. We love that. Don't they all, though? So, yeah, that's the point, right? <laughs> that's it, the whole point of it. Um, but, yeah, so, Sin is my my main man. So, I love him. Very as fair. soon as I read, like, even Born of Night, when I read Born of Night, which isn't even his book, I was like, I fell in love with sin immediately like even him is just a side character and so going into his book I was so excited and I was not disappointed it was great yeah I still need to read this series I haven't I've gotten on it yet it's on my list after I finish many things (laughs) I'm overcommitted in the book world I mean haven't we all (laughs) (laughs) all right so number two who's your number two my number two is James Alexander Malcolm Mackenzie Frazier now that's a name. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, he's from Outlander, if nobody knows. Uh, I watched the show before I read the books and I've actually only read the first book, but I love his character in the first book so much. And the first book is so close to the first season that I would say there's like a handful of differences in the character development as far as like who they kind of make the villain. But other than that, the scenes are almost identical. Like quotes are the same. It's so good. So I just finished that a couple of months ago and I was like, yeah, this, there's a reason. I mean, it could be because Sam Hagen is just to die for, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It could be because that's what Jamie to me looks like in real life. But I like that he wholeheartedly trusts Claire. I like that he's so strong as like a person and he's so strong, like his morals and his traditional values and things, but he's also, you know, very open-minded and willing to listen to Claire and, you know, falls in love with her instantaneously, but is also kind of like, yeah, you're a great woman, but you're still a woman. And this is the 1700s and, you know, like I'm here to protect you, but there's only so much I can do. So I love him just as a whole. Some of my favorite quotes from him were when she asks him like how he learned to kiss like that. He says he's a virgin originally. And he says, I was a virgin, not a monk. And like, he's just so funny. It's like stuff like that's hilarious. And then he says, don't be afraid. There's two of us now, which I think is like the best quote ever because, you know, she's like in this place where she doesn't know anybody and doesn't know what's going on. And she's time traveled essentially. And he says that he'll love her always. And then my other favorite one was, I swore an oath before the altar of God to protect this woman. And if you're telling me that you consider your own authority greater than the almighty, then I must inform you that I am not of that opinion myself. And I was like, yes, that's it. Like, he's so good. That is my favorite quote from that entire book. Yeah. I love that quote. I, at that moment, I was like, marry me. What? (laughs) (laughs) He has the best lines and he's so funny. And like, I just love that he has like that kind of tragic world but not like a tragic backstory and he chooses to take like the tragedy of growing up in like a war-torn country and becoming like a soldier and fighting for what he believes in and then you know being so open-minded being so strong and trying to like help Claire navigate all of this and make a better world for the the two of them and history in general so I really like him I think his story is so wild and it just goes to show like his strength of character and all the things that he does and I mean he would be a great boyfriend hands down huge fan love him same so that's my second one what about you what's your second one so my second one actually comes from the Bridgerton series and it isn't one of the brothers I hate to disappoint everyone but it is not ABC or G but it is actually Sir Philip who is Eloise's love interest and if you guys have either watched the show or read the series Eloise is amazing she's my favorite character I relate to her a lot so I love her. She's awesome. But her book is really, really good. She, hers was my favorite of the series. And Sir Philip is, oh, he's just, he's so different from a lot of the other love interests. Like he's not very into the whole social aspect of things, which if you've read about Eloise or seen the show, you know, she isn't either. And so that kind of meshes really well. They mesh together really well. Um, he's basically this just like quiet, nerdy giant of a man. Like he's described as a very big, guy he loves plants he just like spends his whole time in the greenhouse which as a hufflepuff i appreciate that but his tragic backstory he had a terrible childhood his mom took her life and his dad basically abused him his first wife almost drowned and he saved her then she died from a fever and so he really fought with like having to save his own mother and his wife his first wife and everything He's basically terrified to show emotion. So he bottles it up because he doesn't want to be like his dad and he has twins. So he doesn't want to be like his dad and abuse the twins if he gets like angry or anything like that. So he just bottles it up and ignores them because he's terrified of becoming his dad. And it's like so sad. Then that leads to his children being just like little demons. So it's just so funny reading this book and and like seeing Eloise bring out his sweet side and his character and she's just like the perfect yin to his yang and it's so great and so 
There's uh, this quote. So she goes, Philip muttered something under his breath. What did you say? She asked. Nothing. You said something. He gave her an impatient look. If I'd meant for you to hear it, I would have said it loud. She sucks in her breath. Then you shouldn't have said it at all. Some things Philip muttered are impossible to keep inside. <laughs> what did you say? She demanded. Philip raked his hand through his hair. Eloise, did you insult me? Do you really want to know? Since it appears we are to be wed, she bit off. Yes. I don't recall my exact words, Philip shot back, but I believe I may have uttered the words woman and lack of sense in the same breath. <laughs> I'm excited for the rest of the series to like see all the other characters because I think they're so fun. I like Eloise too. She's my favorite. So if you have watched the show, Sir Philip actually does make an appearance in Bridgerton. Marina, um, spoiler alert for anyone who wants to know, uh, if you don't want to know, turn it off because this is a spoiler alert. So Marina is actually Sir Philip's first wife. So if you guys have read those, hers is the fifth one. There's this line where Colin, Benedict, and Gregory, they're watching over Philip. And um, it says, at the end of the day, he was going to find himself either dead or married. And he wasn't quite prepared to let the Bridgerton brothers take the matter to a vote. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. So they end up obviously getting married and falling in love and stuff. But he's just, I love him. He's a, he's a nerd, which I'm, I love. I love that he's just like, I just want to hang out with my plants and like read and do, and just be in my little space. He's a bit introverted, which also is cute. And just everything that he says is like with purpose because he's always been kind of like guarding his words and his emotions. He was also very different from a lot of the other characters in the series, which I really, really liked. So, and just how he, how he is with Eloise is just perfect because Eloise is just wild and a chatterbox and has so many opinions and he's just very patient. Like, yep. Okay. All right. And they're great. I love it. I love him. I love Sir Philip. He's, he's numero dos in a different <laughs> uh, lineup. Sounds like the perfect man, really, for Kirsten. <laughs> Seriously? Like, I was, this man needs to come to life. Could you be real? Yeah, scale of one to ten. Like a, like a big, broody plant nerd. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess we're on to our last one of the day. Who is your third and final one of I'm the most excited, perhaps, to talk about this guy. I picked Adam Parrish from The Raven Cycle. So he plays in The Raven Cycle and Call Down the Hawk. And I haven't finished Call Down the Hawk, so I couldn't tell you if he's Mr. Impossible, but he is the boyfriend to Blue Sergeant, and he breaks up with her and ends up with Ronan Lynch. I love Adam. He's not my favorite character. Ronan is my favorite character, but not to be dramatic, I would die for Adam. What a guy. I'm such a fan. (laughs) So he plays kind of this high achieving guy who goes to private school, but he's poor. And so he can't really afford it. And he's there on kind of a partial scholarship and then works three jobs to like make his way through. And at the beginning of the book, uh, he sees blue and realizes he really likes her. And his obnoxious friend, Gansey walks up to blue and says, my friend thinks you're hot, which is such a like high school thing to do. And, you know, she's like, I have no interest in you prep school boys. And he comes up afterwards and is like, I'm not a prep school boy. I'm poor. Just like you, let's be friends. So they start kind of dating and his internal monologue about her is just like so cute and precious. And he's like, I try not to like stare at her because that's creepy, but like, she's so pretty. And it's, it's just like precious and cute and fun. And so Blue has a curse on her that she's been told or prophecy, I guess she's been told by her psychic mom her entire life that if she kisses her true love, then they will die. And she dates him all the way up until I think the third book. And she starts falling in love with Gansey and she can't really tell Adam about it because she doesn't know how. And she says, I don't know if you've, I've told you this, but like, if I kiss my true love, he's going to die. And he's like, but am I your true love? And she's like, no. And, and it's like, oh my God. Like, I almost, I do not cry in books. That was a punch to the gut. You're like, 
and he's kind of he kind of says like but then why can't we date and she's like because I don't love you and like I won't ever love you and you're just not it and it's like oh man throw some hands yeah like that like like gives me chills it makes that scene is so sad and it's you just feel so bad for Adam and he has the best like internal monologue he's the best lines and towards the end of the last book Ronan starts to like express his feelings for him and in, in internally he doesn't say it out loud and then he kisses him at the very end and Adam is like wait maybe I do love you like I've known you for so long this is like a huge you've been such a huge part of my life and all this kind of stuff and so they end up together and they're in call down the hawk and like their relationship and that is it's so good it's so good so Adam kind of sells his soul to the ley line which is like a powerful magical line in the first book uh Ronan is a dreamer it's what they call it so he can create objects from his mind and so they're these kind of like star-crossed lovers who have this magical connection but don't know what to do them th- with themselves and and Ronan has always loved Adam and Adam's like I guess I've always loved you and I just didn't know it and their relationship and that is so good he goes to visit him in college and like doesn't make him feel bad about all the things that he's doing like all the things he's not doing with his life essentially and Adam's going to Harvard and just like made trying to make his way in the world and lives hours away and in the middle of the night like drives down to Ronan is like I just knew you needed me and I was like oh my god okay did, did you know like that's so cute and yeah it's like they have the, the like most precious relationship he has the best line so one of my favorite ones was Adam told Gansey rags to riches isn't a story anyone wants to hear until it's done and then he says making Ronan Lynch smile is as charged as making a bargain with Cape's water which is like the late line they are not forces to be played with and I was like oh or Ronan says, I know when I'm awake and when I'm asleep, said Ronan Lynch. Adam pa- Parrish curled up him on himself in a pair of battered greasy coveralls says, do you? Maybe I dreamt you, he said. Thanks for the straight teeth then, Adam replied. And it's like, oh, there's so funny. And there's a line where he's like, are you going to lock your car? And he's like, no, the hooligans uh, always get into it. The hooligan smiled. Oh, he's like talking about <laughs> Ronan. It's, their lines are so cute. And they say in this that both of them speak Latin. So they have this kind of slang Latin that they use in it. And uh, they have a line that's in there that's, Taquam alter idem idiom I don't know how to say it I'll link that one in the show notes <laughs> to qualm alter idiom and it basically means like my second self and it's a dramatic way of saying I love you oh, their relationship is so whole and so pure and he's just like the best friend he's so loyal he's so wholesome and there's a quote in there that blue says blue liked how polite he was it seemed different than Gansey's politeness when Gansey was polite it made him powerful when Adam was polite he was giving power away and it's like oh that's so true like his whole character is just giving and giving and giving and he's trying so hard to make something of himself and like be a better person and fight for all his friends it's like oh wait I do love Ronan and you're like yeah you do yeah you do (laughs) so good I just love him so much yes you do that's fine I mean not to be dramatic I literally would die for you but like that's fine (laughs) if this is it if you need me like I'll do it (laughs) I love Adam. Anyways, I love the Raven Cycle. I do love their relationship with Call Down the Hawk. I was a little surprised that he was in it. If they break up, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm only halfway through Call Down the Hawk, so I don't know if they do. And if they do, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'll be crushed. I don't cry in books, but I will cry. I will cry if they break up. This will be it. That'll tip me over the edge. What about you? Who is your third and final book boyfriend? Okay, it is Theo Harp. So I had mentioned this is an obscure book recommendation. So here is our my weakness. Theo Harp is the dark, broody <laughs> character. He has a troubled past. His like he had a twin sister that died, and then his first wife committed suicide. Pearson loves a troubled backstory. Apparently, like, this is a thing. Again, I don't want to dive too deep into that because 
don't want to know. This is a book podcast. This is not a psych session. Exactly. So, but anyways, so Theo, Theo Harp, he is an author of thriller novels, owner of Harp House, and basically he's just too kind for his own good. Basically, he's trying to be this hero to all these women in his life. And and then Annie comes along and he's trying to be the hero to her, you know, and she's like, I don't need a hero. Like, I don't need you to save me. I'm going to save myself. And so it's a very interesting arc to see her basically calling him on it and saying, no, I don't need a hero. I just want you to be there for me. She's like, I can't. And she tells him, she's like, I can't fall in love with you because I'm not, I'm not in need of a hero. I need someone who's going to be my partner. She basically tells him, she's like, I don't want to fall in love with you because I know it won't be right. And she's fighting it just because of their past because they have a very troubled past. So she thinks that he tried to kill her when they were kids because they all grew up on this island. So she thinks that he was the one that tried to kill her when it was actually his sister that tried to kill her throughout the book that comes out. And so as a kid, he was stuck in between that. and He has always loved her. And it was just a very sad moment of just like, oh, he's just this sweet guy, but throughout the book you're like he's so scary like he writes murder novels and you're just like sketchy yeah and he lives in this like creepy old house throughout the book you realize that he's really just a good guy and he's just he's too good for his own good like they start this relationship and yeah so basically they kind of start sleeping together and so or he goes hey we had a deal aren't you supposed to take off your clothes now she goes it would only be pity sex she said in a mock confessional i won't insult you like that he gets says, go ahead insult me like, it's just like, and so their back and forth is great. Annie just like, she doesn't put up with his crap. So she says, kissing is turned into a lost art. Nieces, do you think? She took another sip, headline. You're probably right, he said. I know I'm lousy at it. She barely suppressed the urge to correct him. Most men wouldn't admit it. I'm too anxious to get to the next step. You and every other guy. <laughs> it's just like, their whole relationship is just this like back and forth. Men suck. And he's just like, no, they don't back and forth of her like I don't need you to be my hero I just need you to be there for me he's just again the the dramatic uh back story and past and everything and I just like the awkward guys with the the tragic backstory let's just go with that (laughs) we love a good tragic backstory this book sounds interesting it is it's very interesting again I was looking up quotes and I was just laughing oh I forgot that this happened is just go ahead and insult me. I can see, I can just picture it happening. And I'm just like, yep, I love that. And so he's just, there's this scene where the house like burns down and he goes back in and she's like, why did he go back in? She's like calling for him. What is he doing? And she's like getting more and more scared and he comes out and he's got her puppets like in their little cases so they wouldn't burn in the fire. And she's like, he went back to save my puppet. So cute. And he knew how much they meant to her. And it was just like, oh, it's a good one. I really like, love Theo Harp. He's just, love him. That sounds like a, yeah, quite, quite the character. They're kind of weird. I will say that. They're not, it's not a traditional kind of, they're a little awkward, which I like. I can't get over the puppets, man. The puppets are <laughs> weird. Can't get I over it. I'm not like a big puppet person, so that was like something I was like, oh. That kind of freaks me out. It's not done in a creepy way. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this book, and I liked their story, and I really like Theo and his arc, and I like that. So those are our top three book boyfriends. We pulled our audience and asked them to share their top book boyfriend, just the one, not three. Uh, and so <laughs> an overwhelming amount of you said Resand from Akatar, which I was anticipating that. Someone said Nikolai, 
with Castile as a side piece. We support that. I love Tiffany. Tiffany, shout out again. She said, Nikolai is, <laughs> is the main one, but Castile is my side piece right now. And I was like, that's fair. That's totally fair. Somebody said, uh, Jem Carstairs, who is the opposite of Will Herondale. So I love that because he's the other half. And then um, somebody said four from Divergent. Yeah, I will say four is pretty great. Yeah, a lot of people said Rysand, Resand, Cass, Nikolai. Those are like the OGs, I think. Cardin, maybe from The Cruel Prince, although I wouldn't want to date him. Jem, Jem is, an, oh, is also an OG. Jace Herondale, if he wasn't so ugly. <laughs> His personality is kind of shitty. <laughs> Just kidding. Nikolai, I love that. Support that one. That's a good one. I mean, Nikolai is pretty great. I will say that. Yeah. I'm for like the characters that are kind of funny and then the ones that are awkward. I yeah. Like, like my perfect book, book boyfriend is kind of has a funny sense of humor and like a tragic backstory. Yeah. Kirsten's like morally gray, kind of awkward, tragic backstory, willing to build from that. Yep. Big arc of some form and character development. Yep. Mine is like wholesome, loyal, very strong in his morals and like smoking hot. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I like the projects. So that's kind of... Again, take that as you will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we're probably not going to do an obscure book recommendation this week because this is a so- sort of a short a bonus episode. We felt like everybody was maybe a little bit sick of us talking about YA fantasy. So we want to hop on here, do a quick half episode, bonus episode of some of our favorite uh, book boyfriends who all of mine are YA fantasy. So I don't know what, what you're talking about, but Kirsten's are not. Kirsten likes to branch out. <laughs> so it's fine. YA fantasy and romance. Yeah. Those are our top things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh, perfect. So yeah, no obscure book recommendation. Uh, next episodes, we'll be talking about from Blood and Ash, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, and The Crown of Gilded Bones, which will take up many weeks of episodes. So we wanted to do this fun. So ready for it. Kirsten's reading it right now. I am. I'm excited to talk about them. I'm also excited to get away from maybe the YA stuff for a little bit um, and dive into that, you know, romance aspect. As Tot says, it's about to get PG-13. No, it's definitely 18 plus. I think we'll probably end it here. If you guys haven't subscribed, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If not, just regular subscribe. We have a TikTok and an Instagram over at the Bookish Banter Podcast on both of those where you can watch both Kirsten and I dance, sing, make fools of ourselves and dress up as our favorite characters. It's a good time. Come hang out with us. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.